0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode.
1: Hey, hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? Well, Let's see Carol. if we can get some people in here. Give me some roll calls, some uh, MOS's and years. What years did you serve? What was your job? Or if are air force, your AFSC, maybe where you're, where you're coming from. I'm here in Texas. Brandon, where are you from?
0: So I'm in Missouri.
1: Perfect. We got any Missouri's or Texas here. Hey Richard. <laughs> How's it going, y'all? We got Greg Guthrie here. Steve, hello, hello, hello. George Reyes, George. Marine Corps, 1994, awesome. Me too, let's see. No, hey, questions
0: hey. already.
1: We got Kansas, Fort Worth. Heck yeah, Greg, I'm in Fort Worth. Jan from Michigan. Hey, Michigan. We got Arizona. We got Georgia. Jersey. Jersey. Heck yeah. Got California and Missouri. Okay. <laughs> Steve, he says, how are you, my friend? I don't know. We'll have to go look in there. Alrighty. Aloha from Kona. Heck yeah. All right, guys. So while everyone is just, you know, flowing in here, Um, We're going to talk today about um, how we can help you as VA Claims Insider on finding that extra value um, in outside of your primary claims. Um, And so what that means is, is a lot of people don't know that there's actually five ways to claim uh, to claim a a claim, I guess, if you will, a disability. Um, And the first one is that primary. The second one is that secondary claim that, you know, maybe your primary uh, caused your secondary or aggravated that secondary. Then there's the third, it's just aggravation. And then there's the fourth, the presumption like uh, Gulf War. And then the fifth is, you know, injury during treatment, which of course we can't help you with. However, the other four we can as VA Claims Insider. But today we're gonna talk about the second one, the secondaries. Brandon, you got anything to say about the secondaries?
0: all secondaries are extremely powerful um as uh Miranda was talking uh you got your direct service but if you um if you were like many of us where you didn't go to sick call you don't have all the documentation while you were in service um you may find out that the tinnitus slash tinnitus might be the thing that allows you to then do a secondary claim Uh, it might be a knee injury it might be a back injury that then allows you to do a secondary for maybe migraines or sleep apnea, depending on uh, what happens while you're in service or what little document you may have. I mean, when I was in uh, 2006, 2011, uh, the terminology we had was, uh, you never want to be a sick call ranger. And being in the infantry, uh, I was in a reconnaissance platoon um, and I was verbatim told by my platoon sergeant, if you want to stay in this platoon you will not go to sit call if you want to go back to a line company go to sit call and i'll send you right back on over there so what i do i sucked it up i didn't do anything and i got lucky that on my post deployment after my deployment to afghanistan in 2000, 2010 i documented complaints about my right knee and that was the only thing i talked about and luckily it's in there and it was giving me something to be able to to claim in the future, even years after I got out of service. Um,
1: Thank you, Brandon. That's awesome. So
0: there, one, <laughs> two, we got um. when it comes to claims and stuff, it's an VACI's int, uh, internal um, uh, terminology, but you got high value and you got low value. And what I mean by that is you got high value, meaning 30% or higher with your claim for your disability. And anything below 30, 20% or less, we consider that a low value. And it to be able to, if you think that you're at a 70, 80, 90 percent, you're going to need those higher values to be able to to climb the ladder. Um, and you can always look for increases. You can look for the, like we're going to talk about today, the secondaries. But you got to have the diagnosis. you got to have the nexus statements. And we're going to dive into that today and, and talk more about it.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's get to know us real quick. My name is Miranda Boggs, I'm a veteran coach, VA Claims Insider on Team Increase Hunters uh, with uh, Richard Cheminsky over there and all the rest of our coaches here and Brandon as well. So back in November, um, I remember it was right before um, Black Friday, I happened to run into um, a uh, a little, um, uh, not commercial, but a little ad um, on YouTube for, um, for, you know, Brian Reese talking about, um, PTSD. And so at that point I was just like, okay, so I had gotten myself up to 80%, but I just couldn't get it past that. Um, it, everything I tried, it took me eight years and I said, you know what, I'm done. I found that ad watched every single video I could. Um, and then I was hooked. So, you know, I, I, I went in there and I signed up Um, I got Laura Page as my as my coach. December 18th, we submitted my claim. And then on February 7th, so merely 40 days later, I had my 100 percent permanent in total. Um, And so I am a walking example of how these secondaries can affect your claim uh the secondaries are where that's you know it for lack of better words where the money is that's going to boost your rating up there um and so i'm a walking example of how that works how about you brandon
0: so i came to this company as a client i am still a client because i am only at 70 percent right now um but i can tell you all about my uh my story when uh when it comes to so i started off like i said uh in February this year at 40%. Um, after uh, joining the, the team, uh, working with my coach Joe with the Increase Hunters, um, been able to learn how to build my medical evidence, be able to get that nexus. That was the key by having that medical uh, that medical nexus statement. Um, was able to then file supplementals. And from there, I was able to gain an increase from 40% now up to 70%. Um, and ever since i've joined being a client i mean the knowledge that you learn in such a short period of time just wants you to know, almost like explode your head with, with how much you're gonna uh, you're gonna be a sponge and literally just soak it all in and it's crazy but it's it's incredible and uh, hats off to brian reese and fi- founding this company and everything couldn't be Absolutely. more uh, happy i mean if it was i mean we're all here together uh today i mean we're all part of this team and this family because we got one thing in common we're all veterans and we're all fighting the good fight of trying to figure out um if, if i've got a disability right now how can i get it connected and or if i'm being denied from the va time and time again how do you figure out how to build that medical evidence in support of your claim and that's that's why this company exists unfortunately the va uh, more with the vba side of things it's just it makes it so hard for us and when we don't go to sick call we don't get the documents we kind of give up on um, are going to seek medical attention and we just nurse it ourselves, it makes it that much harder than to fight your claims in the future. And That's where, luckily, Brian and his team was able to found this company, and now you've got resources and tools to be able to build that claim or find that medical nexus team or mental health team or a diagnosis team that can actually help you be able to get that probative value, as we say, to to make that claim as strong as possible.
1: Absolutely. So, um, I've seen a couple questions in here so far, guys. We're going to go over these top five secondaries. Um, and once we're You know, once we're done talking about these top five secondaries, you know, how it can affect you, uh, then we're going to get to some questions. We'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. um, And then the ones that we don't get to after the live, uh, Brandon and I will go back through and answer all those questions. Um, Also, you know, you can always email us. Uh, My email is mboggs at vaclaimsinsider.com. And then Brandon.
0: Mine is b. Humphreys H U M P H R E Y S at B A
1: Perfect. All right, guys, so we're going to start off with these top five secondaries. And here's a quite common. This is the one that we always get, um, you know, is sleep apnea. How can I connect sleep apnea? I was in the military in the 80s and the 90s. There wasn't such a thing. I didn't get a test done. You are absolutely correct. Sleep apnea, did it exist? Absolutely. But there was no testing for it. They didn't know a whole lot about it, right? So sleep apnea is one of those most common um secondary. So it can be a secondary to uh, PTSD, mental health in general. Um, Sleep apnea can also be connected through weight. So, you know, the number one cause of sleep apnea, I would say is probably, um, why would not it's number one, but I would say that it's the weight gain. The weight gain is typically what causes that sleep apnea. So let's just say somebody, um, you know, has, um, Lower extremities, you know, so let's say you have plantar fasciitis, you've got, um, you know, patellofemoral syndrome, you also have shin splints. Uh, let's say that you have 40% on your lower back, right? So now you can no longer uh, really work out you can't work out because your back is nearly frozen um you know you've got radiculopathy these sharp shooting pains that are going down in your legs now you're gaining weight left and right because now you're on medications that are going to cause you um you know some some weight gain there and so that's where sleep apnea goes comes in to play with the weight so now that all of these current you know service connected disabilities has caused you um you know weight gain and so now Weight gain is that extra step that's gonna get that sleep apnea connected to a primary. A lot of people are gonna ask, well, is it rated the same? If you have a CPAP, it is 50%. So if we can get that connected through weight to whatever have you to your lower back, um, you'll get that 50%. So now you don't only have 40% for your lower back. Heck, you can even have 10% for your lower back. And getting that 50% for sleep apnea connected is huge for you. Um, So there's several different things, you know, for sleep apnea, medications, um, uh, let's say steroids, any type of medications for um, uh, swelling, inflammation, anything like that, those things can cause, um, you know, weight gain. And that's where it's going to come in um, with that, um, the sleep apnea. You got anything on that, Brandon?
0: um well to go into a little bit further so like uh let's take like ptsd or any kind of like mental health it's none of that is there's no medical connection saying that ptsd creates sleep apnea but there is that intermediate step that says look if you're taking those ssris for mental health the medication can then cause you to wait to cause that weight gain In doing so, then that weight gain can cause the sleep apnea. Or uh, if you got allergic rhinitis or severe sinusitis, those are things or heart disease. Those are things that can then uh, cause your sleep apnea to occur. But um, maybe you got the ringing in the ears and you got the tinnitus. Well, if you got the tinnitus, then maybe it causes the mental health, and then from the mental health, you got the the medication. From the medication, cause of the weight gain. Those are different ways to then. fine and that's where that nexus uh medical nexus statement is key in uh with your with your claim you've got to be able to show the nexus there's several things that uh people always need when it comes to a claim and you got to have that diagnosis you got to show that it's been chronic or that you complained about it and so forth or are, pres- are presumptive and then at the same time you got to um you got to have that nexus statement if i said that all
1: yeah so a lot of people don't know what is a nexus statement so a nexus statement and the nexus in general is the link between a primary to to a uh, service to your service excuse me it is to your service and the disability that you're trying to claim and so what that means is is um you know in this in this situation you would have a nexus statement that would connect that secondary to your primary so let's just say um you know you've got um, PTSD, right? You've got post-traumatic stress disorder with alcohol syndrome, with alcohol abuse, right? Um, so now that you have self medicating um, with this Uh, you know, with the alcohol, um, now all of a sudden you're having abdominal issues, you're having, you know, acid reflux, GERD. We can go in with that GERD with a nexus statement, a nexus letter from our med team through Telemedica. Um, They're fantastic. They know what they're doing. They know what questions to ask you. They'll look through your medical records. They are fantastic people over there. They'll get you that nexus letter, which that nexus letter will state, you know, is more likely, least as likely as not you know, that it is connected as a secondary because that the alcohol abuse has caused that severe um, abdominal pain, that acid reflux. They're also going to include supportive medical evidence that's going to support that claim. They're also more than likely going to give out BVA cases. These are cases that have gone to the board, the veterans board. Um, And so these are cases where they have been approved and have been overturned. So they're gonna give you all this nice information in that nexus letter, uh, which has that nexus statement to it. Um, So another one that uh, we have that is very common uh, that goes with GERD, um, typically it is connected uh, together, is IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. So when you have something like PTSD, we'll just go back with PTSD and anxiety. Let's just say you have near panic attacks every single day. You're constantly going, you're constantly worrying and anxious. This can mess with your stomach. It can cause GERD and it can absolutely cause, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. So irritable bowel syndrome actually has no etiology. They have no idea where it comes from and why. Um, and so when you have things like severe anxiety, somehow, some way, it you know, it, it can affect, it can aggravate that irritable bowel syndrome. Every, a lot of things are connected through uh, you know, the gestational tract. Um, and so when it comes to GERD and IPS, they tend to combine those. And usually that's 30%. Um, so one more uh, one that I want to talk about is migraines and headaches. This is a fairly common one, guys. Let's say you have sleep apnea. Sleep apnea can actually cause me. Um, it can actually cause me to have a headache in the morning. Let's say I have severe sleep apnea. I've got a CPAP. Um, you know, I've got all this pressure coming in, and somehow I need also that pressure to be taking back out. Now I'm waking up in the morning, and I have a severe headache. I've got this you know, thing that's wrapped around my head. I'm trying to breathe all night. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. I woke up, I have a headache and this happens every single day. Maybe I have wake up with a migraine and it lasts all day long. I have to stay in bed. Um, I have to call into work. I can't see lights and sounds. I have this aura, little squigglies in my eyes. This is a great one. Headaches and, uh, you know, migraines, secondary to uh, sleep apnea. It can also be a secondary to um, tinnitus. If you have severe tinnitus, <clears throat> that's one of those that the headaches are gonna drive you bonkers because it's all day, every day. Um, and if you have a certain amount of migraines a day, you know, a certain amount of migraines a month, that's 50%, right? Tinnitus is 10%, guys. It, that's the maximum, whether you have it in one ear or both, 10 percent's the max. But now we can get you Fifty percent, because those tinnitus, you know, that that tinnitus has caused you to have a headache, um, you know, caused you to have migraines if it's that bad. Um, so you know, migraines and headaches can be secondary to tinnitus. It can also be secondary to medications. Medications is one of those that can really um, be that catapult, if you will, to uh, a-, a ton of disabilities. <clears throat> Um, and so those medications can cause, you know, a whole lot of issues there. Let's say you have a, you know, medications for high blood pressure. Um, and then you also have, you know, medications, let's just say for an SSRI for mental health, right? When you have an SSRI, it's going to cause you, it can cause you to gain weight. Okay. And then you've got, um, these, um, uh, the medications for, what, what did I say blood pressure um, so you've got blood pressure and then you're also gaining weight gaining weight um, you know a significant amount of weight can actually cause your blood pressure to rise um, and so now you've got opposite you know effects happening here um, that's making it a heck of a lot worse and so now you've you're developed migraines because of interactions between medications um, in the intermediate step of that weight gain. <clears throat> So, talking yeah. guys, is where the money is, if you will, um, and that's what's going to catapult you up. Um, uh, do you want to? You want to talk yeah. about the
0: Well, here, let's uh, even with the migraines, So, it doesn't have to always be a migraine. The V. A. will code it at the end as rated rated under migraines, but it can be a tension headache. It could be a cluster headache. There yeah. is, I believe, like a hundred though. World Health Organization says that there's like 150 different types of headaches actually out there. So I, as long as you got a diagnosis of a specific type, I mean, you could have, let's say you start off with that you're connected for your knees from service. Now all of a sudden you've got your back is connected or you got your cervical with your neck is now connected. Now um, you could have headaches due to that. So now all of a sudden it's starting and because your neck starting behind your head going forward I and mean, now you're dealing with headaches all the time, it's impacting you from an occupation standpoint, it's impacting you from a social standpoint. Those are things that you want to be able to uh, relay to the, to the VA examiner so that you can be at that higher rating and so forth associated with how often these things happen. So you gotta, one, you gotta know what, what, percentage in a way that you're going for, what you think your symptoms relate to. Is that a 10% symptom? Is it a 30% or is it a 50? So before you go into those exams or you file for those claims, you need to know what it is that you're going for.
1: Hey, Brandon, Talisha, Talisha asked a question, what you can connect cervical. Cervical is in your neck your cervical spine. You have your cervical spine, you have your thoracic, and you have your lumbar, okay? So your cervical spine can cause <laughs> cervical headaches should you have an issue there. Um, also, another one of the ones that can be connected is a lot of veterans are connected for sinusitis from the Gulf War, if you will. Anyone who was in the Southwest, uh, Southeast Asian Theater from 1990 up until this December 2020, December 31st, 2020, that is an automatic Presumption for you uh, is that is that sinusitis, and so when you have that sinusitis or rhinitis, and you're connected for it, we can go in and go with you know headaches, sinus headaches secondary to that you know to your sinuses, a sinusitis or that rhinitis. Uh, my husband has a TBI and was denied secondary cervical radiculopathy with spondylitis. Um, Talisha. Email me on that. My email is mboggs at vaclaimsinsider.com. We can discuss what's going on with your husband and his claims with that TBI. Uh, Cervical radiculopathy um, is definitely something that we can talk to. Um, Is sleep apnea directly related to tinnitus? or only weight gain. Um, There is, there has been um, a little bit of a study um, that it can connect to PTSD, any type of mental health disabilities. can also be connected to tinnitus. There is not a number one, this is for sure. Um, This is what causes um, obstructive sleep apnea. But I have heard it being connected to tinnitus. through weight gain as well. Weight gain is that number one, let's find that intermediate step um, for sure, okay. Um, I uh, wanna talk about radiculopathy and peripheral neuropathy. You wanna do it? Yeah, yeah, I got okay. this.
0: Okay, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, got it, i I got your back.
1: Yeah, I, so I am uh, rated for 20% um, for my lower back. Um, I had a, a, I had an injury while I was in, I'm rated for 20% for my lower back. And I just could not figure out how the heck I had these sharp shooting, stabbing pains, burning sensations and numbness down my legs. Um, where did this come from? Uh, turns out there's a pinched nerve um, in my lumbrosacral section where basically the vertebrae are pinching onto a nerve, which causes that sciatica, that causes that burning sensation. Um, this is very, very common with um, people who have um, lumbar issues, or maybe they have cervical or thoracic issues here. You can actually have the radiculopathy, like she was saying, down into your upper extremities and your lower extremities. And these are fantastic, guys, because you can get up to 40% per extremity. 40%. That's insane. Let's say you have 10% for your lower back, but now you've got 40% for your left leg and 40% for your right leg. Boom. Secondary, guys. Those are fantastic. Then we've got the peripheral neuropathy, okay? If you have diabetes connected, peripheral neuropathy is one of the number one um, side effects, if you will, of uh, diabetes. Um, that's the numbness and tingling in your hands and your feet. Um, that's, a, that's a great one for, uh, you know, for diabetes as well. Um, and then you want to take over with, we'll kind of go over um, the mental health.
0: Uh yeah yeah I can certainly do that um just to piggyback off like the radiculopathy yeah radiculopathy if I can talk about <laughs> it <laughs> that tongue twister
1: okay mm-hmm. uh, um
0: so yeah so with the radiculopathy going down your extremities and so forth that's basically where a surgery in a way can actually help fix that so if you got like a pinched nerve or something surgery can come in and fix it but like the neuropathy that's one of those where it, it's not it's it's like miranda was saying it's one of those that it affects a broader area it's away from your spine it's away from your neck and so forth so that's where um like the diabetes and whatnot different things that can affect it that you need to um may have to go a different way of treatment to to be able to help out with with anything that you're experiencing um so yeah going into uh Like mental health and so forth. So let's say you got a lot of people, like I said, don't have medical records and so forth. But you got that ringing in the ears due to your M.O.S. and you uh, you got that buzzing sound, tinnitus, otherwise pronounced tinnitus, and so forth. Now all of a sudden you're like, hey, you know what? This is keeping me up at night. I can't get sleep. I'm depressed. Maybe you saw combat. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you, uh, maybe saw. Maybe you. I mean, like, um, saw an accident while while serving in the military um training accidents there's combat ptsd and there's non-combat ptsd there's uh, generalized anxiety disorder major depressive disorder there's all these different things that can be associated with your time in service and there is a huge stigma when it comes to mental health um i when i first got out um i got back from my deployment uh my saw enough over there but like my mom is the one that, that caught it and she called it out and i mean i was madder than hell when i got back i didn't like anyone I, I saw everyone just living life like it was just hey peaches and cream and everyone's just having a great time i'm like do you not realize what just happened What i just went through no one cares but at the same time us veterans we do care we, we got each other's backs but Um, My mom called it out and was like, hey, you got PTSD. You're mad as hell. You, you, You just think that the world owes you something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't know. PTSD is someone that's curled up in the corner, can't move and so forth. False. That's called a panic attack. I didn't know that when I went in for my PTSD evaluation. That was my first exam. I didn't know what a CMP exam was. Had I been with this company, I would have been prepared and I would have been able to come in there and say, look, here's my symptoms. Here's how they're impacting me and so forth. And I would have gotten that higher rating that I deserve. But instead I told him, I was like, I don't want DCFS kicking down the doors and taking my kids away. Um, I don't think about suicide ideations. I don't want to tell you, I don't want to lose my guns. Those are all the things that I think a lot of us from a stigma standpoint is like, Hey, we don't want to tell people that we have a mental health disorder. But once I walked out, even with me denying everything, I still was rated at 30%. And that's when I was like, whoa, red flag. Like, let me uh, let me get some help. So I went over to the VA and I started getting help with the mental health team and so forth. Started learning these uh, symptoms and so forth. And after that, that's when I finally was like, oh, hey, you know what? I downplayed everything. Now I, I'm, I'm, I've i got an uphill battle now trying but to figure out. All
1: notorious for that. Downplaying yeah. everything. You know, Rub some dirt on it. Keep moving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, take a knee, drink water, or face out, drink water, take a knee, whatever the saying was. And I mean, it was just, that's how it was. I mean, and, and you just learn how to uh, self-medicate and so forth. And it's just one of those that it, it, it gets hard um, trying to open up. This is a stranger that you're talking to. You don't want to tell them. And that's how I was. And yet I still came out with a 30%. So I was like, holy crap, uh, clearly there's something going on. And so that's when I finally came over to VACI and i said hey you know what let me start learning this we've got over at the increase hunters we've got training sessions that we do every day sometimes even twice a day and it's about learning those 31 symptoms if you don't know what those symptoms are you're not going to get rated at that highest percentage that is why we do these every day we get people that join i mean 75 100 people at a time join our classes and we go over va forms we go over the symptoms we we if, if you're trying to figure out what's it like going in for an exam, we, we try and walk you through how it would kind of be and so forth. We, um, go,
1: we go over mental health secondary mental. to any of your service-connected disabilities, guys if you have all of the even just tinnitus alone okay um we can go off someone said something uh, christopher james said i have tinnitus so bad that it ruins my life it sounds like 10 thrusting or 10 engines in my ear i was treated for vertigo perforated ears on on duty and i only get 10 percent Christopher, this is where we go in with something that's either called somatic symptom disorder, um, which is a lifestyle impact claim. um, And I'm sure you've probably heard um, the one and only Brian Reese there talking about that. Um, But it could be anything that's, you know, well, not anything, but most anything, mental health wise. So you could go into a, you know, um, depression, major depression, because you can't sleep, you can't hear anybody, because all you hear is this piercing noise. The piercing noise is causing you headaches and migraines. Um, you know, uh, it's affecting your relationship because you can't be around your kids uh, and your, you know, and your spouse because the loud screaming noise is causing it worse. And kids and this and that. For me, loud piercing noises around me. Cause my tinnitus to flare up really loud. Um, And so mental health is really good one. uh, is a secondary to so many of your disabilities. If you have, you know, lower back pain, um, you know, and or, or, you know, you've got lower back pain, you've got shoulder pain, um, you know, you can't use part of your, uh, you know, your shoulder, even things like the endocrine system, um, a nephrologist, you've got kidney disease, maybe, um, you know, maybe you've got thyroid cancer, things like that, guys. Mental health can be a secondary. And these are your big claims. These are your 50%, 70%, and 100%. And that's where VA Claims Insider comes in to help you guys. You don't know to the extent of what the VA is looking for. And they're not going to explain that to you. They're not going to ask you and they're not going to ask you those questions. Okay. And that's where we come in and say, hey, this is what they mean. This is what they're looking for. Do you have this? Let's find some examples in your life where you do have this so that we can add this as a secondary to your claims. And so with, you know, with that being said, we've gone over the sleep apnea, the GERD and IBS. We've gone over Migraines and headaches. And there's a million kinds of headaches. Um, you know, we've gone over the radiculopathy and the peripheral neuropathy, and the last but not least, you know, is the mental health. Mental health is going to be number one, guys, when it comes to um, that uh, that top five secondaries. That's going to be your number one because it's going to be the you know the those high numbers, the high value claims, like Brandon was talking about.
0: Well, at the same time, let me piggyback. Um, so when it comes to mental health, a lot of it is 90% of it is what your symptoms are that you're going to relay. So if you don't have a lot of that medical evidence and so forth, the, the mental health side is more what your symptoms are and how you relay that to the examiner and so forth. I have
1: a couple of questions here. Brian Call says, yep. if You claim mental health, how is that going to affect your rights as opposed to own a gun or drive? Guys, um, this is my number one question that I get. If I claim PTSD or if I claim major depressive disorder, are they going to take my guns? Listen here, guys. The only time they're ever going to take your guns is if you are homicidal or if you are suicidal, okay? And there's a difference between suicide in suicidal ideations. Suicide is you have an intent, you have a plan, okay? You know what you want to do, you've made up your mind, you've got that decision going for you, okay? Um, Then there's the suicidal ideations. This is your what if statement, you know, uh, is how I like to put it. What if I didn't wake up today? I would no longer, um, you know, have to feel the pain from head to toe. I would no longer have to remember seeing my best friend die from that, uh, you know, from that IED. I would no longer, you know, my fam- my, my, um, you know, my what if, if you will, was, what if I didn't wake up today? uh, My kids could one day have a stepmom that could, um, you know, give them the love and attention that sometimes I just can't give what they deserve from a mother. Um, That's that what if statement. That's that suicidal ideation. There's a big difference between the two. So if you are homicidal and you are suicidal, they're going to take your guns. And this is going to be from anybody civilians it's going to be doctors it's going to be colonels uh active duty reserve um anybody you can think of in the entire you know, you know united states they're going to take your guns if you're homicidal or suicidal point blank end of story okay guys um and so but i want to add i want to open this up to um some other questions um, uh,
0: what's uh what's pyramiding so pyramiding is when yeah. you have symptoms that overlap say like mental health let's say you got ptsd and you got depression you're only going to be able to because the symptoms oh like i said overlap so you can't be diagnosed or can't you can't be awarded depression and ptsd they're going to give they're going to lump it into one so um same with gerd and ibs uh it's all with the stomach um or hernia is what it's under um or i'm sorry that's for GERD is hiatal high, hernia. Um, I but- hernia, yeah. Thank you <laughs> yeah, again. Medical terms, I hate them. Um, but um, you may get ten percent for IBS, thirty percent for GERD, whichever one is the highest. That's what they're going to they're going to award you with. Um, uh, any other examples, Miranda?
1: Yeah. So you you kind of touched on the mental health. So when it comes to mental health, you can only have. Uh, one rating and everyone, and some people will be like, okay, well, you know, I have major depressive disorder, but I also have insomnia, right? So the way that works is, is you can have multiple diagnoses, but only one rating for mental health, because those lines are blurred. We They can't tell what symptoms belong to um, the insomnia and what symptoms belong to the major depressive disorder, okay? Um, and so, what happens is they will combine them they will take that into consideration that this person has two separate uh, mental health disabilities Uh, they'll take that into consideration but what they'll do is is they'll give you the higher of the two so let's say they only give you 50 percent for uh, insomnia but then they give you 70 percent for uh, major depressive disorder with anxious features right Um, how that works is when you're looking at your disability ratings they're going to say you know Uh, major depressive disorder, also claimed as insomnia, 70% service-connected. So that's one of those pyramiding things. But also there's things like, um, there's, uh, let's see, pyramiding on, um, let's say headaches. You have headaches, right? and now you want to go and claim migraines because they're separate. You can't claim migraines and headaches and have two separate ratings because they are one in the same. So that would be considered pyramiding there. OK. Uh, um, yeah. So if they're basically the same thing, they're not going to allow you to pyramid because, um, you know, that that's where those lines are blurred. And um, so they just will combine that too together. Yeah,
0: same with like asthma and sleep apnea it's all respiratory,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, those are things. Um, uh, there was a question about like a conflict of interest, like who do you go to for a nexus statement? Um, good question, uh, when I, um, before I joined the company, that was one of my questions, I started Googling away and I was like, all right, what do I need to do to fight this claim? I got denied or I got low what do I need to do to get that increased or connected? And that's where you need that medical nexus statement that medical providers putting their license on the line saying, Hey, in my medical profession, I believe that the current symptoms are related to time and service that adds the probative value to your claim. And so if you, if you need that, that's what VACI has done. We've been able to build a network of doctors that we outsource. They don't work for us. We outsource them and they can look through your medical records. And if they can legally and ethically see a connection, they're going to help write an nexus statement for you. They do that for their own charge. Like I said, they're not with us. They are an outside provider. Um, but that was one of the questions I asked my VSO back in the day. I said, hey, my needs were denied. What do I need to do? I know I need to to get a, a, a nexus statement. Who do you have that you can refer me to? And they're like, we don't have anyone. I was like, then how can you, how, what are you doing to help me out? I mean, I know that I need to have this nexus statement, but I went to my, uh, the, the provider that ended up, uh, doing the surgery on my knee. And I was like, Hey doc, can you please write an exit statement? I'm, here's what I need you to basically say in, to be able to, if, if in your medical opinion, you think it's connected. Oh, Hey, I think it's connected, but I'm, I'm not even going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Like don't talk about disabilities and don't put my name on it. So when it comes to the, the VSO or the VA, I always talk about, I'm like, Hey, why do I go to someone else outside? Like kind of like BACI to, uh, mm-hmm. to one of their providers. Will you tell me, Who in 100 miles of my area is willing to put their name on a piece of paper and and say, hey, you know what, my license is, I'll I'll risk my license because I medically uh, and ethically and morally and legally feel that this is truly connected. They don't, so many people don't want to touch it. They don't understand how the 38 CFR works uh, when it comes to VA and, and disability claims. The
1: VA isn't going to help you either. They're going to tell you they can't help you with that. Uh, That is one of their rules. They can't service connect anything for you. Uh, They're not going to give you that nexus statement because you know. Let's face it, um, the VA is there to discredit anything that we say as veterans. Um, You know, we're trying to get what you know deserved uh, what we deserve, but they're not there to help us. was a question here um facebook user i'm not quite sure what your name is but he said um i tried using you guys before and didn't really know how to contact you i have 50 percent for major depressive service connected zero percent for broken right hand service connected i have had headaches at least three times a week can you help me i absolutely can help you first and foremost (laughs) You know, that major depressive uh, disorder at 50% sounds pretty low. Um, You know, I would have to talk to you, um, see where you're, you know, you're at on that scale, go over those 31 symptoms with you, um, but we can definitely help you out. Um, You know, one of the main things um, uh, that... Um, when we were talking about the nexus letters, there's two things why people get denied, uh, or the top two things why people get denied for their claims is lack of medical evidence uh, and lack of nexus statement, uh, and lack of that nexus, that link. Um, and for you, a uh, Facebook user, um, for you, that would be, you know, connecting um, that um, those headaches to your major depressive disorder. Um, so you would need, um, you know, that that nexus statement um, that nexus letter that we can provide you um, through telemedica and their providers Um we can get that connected for you. Also for that 50% major depressive disorder, let's say we go through them and I say, you know what, you you are far beyond that 50% level. I'm not a doctor, I can't say that for sure, but what we can do is, is let's set you up with our board certified psychologist and the virtual exam. Let's see, you know, let's see where you are and that way we can get that hard evidence for you, that medical evidence that the VA needs to determine a proper level of disability. So We can uh, definitely help you. Go ahead and uh, send me an email, uh, mbogs at VA Claims Insider, so that, we, you know, you and I can get on the phone. Uh, we can discuss, um, you know, all of what you've got going on and see where we can, you know, put those puzzle pieces together.
0: Hey, Miranda, if anyone's watching this, how can and they they want to work with you directly? Is there any way that they can uh, sign up with you? Yes, at- so-
1: you can email me, but as a coach, you can actually go to my landing page. And that's www, make sure you have the www before, rating, R-A-T-I-N-G-Y-O-U-D-E-S-E-R-V-E. So that is ratingyoudeserve.com. Um, that's R-A-T-I-N-G-Y-O-U-D-E-S-E-R-V-E dot com and there you can sign up directly for me you won't go to anyone else that way that you and I can get on that you know on that phone call let's get your free consultation out of the way let's see where we can get you um you know and and get that done for you what about you Brandon
0: and so I've got my landing page is uh help va claims with an s dot com so www.helpva claims dot com and you can work directly with me um I do see a question from Jimmy um what about EOE, which is esophagealic, esophagealic, esophage. oh God, tongue twister again, there I go. But that hits home, um, that uh, I've been diagnosed with that. Um, I've been scoped three different times. I've had it where that GERD, that acid reflux or whatnot has caused me to, my esophagus has those rings and stuff inside your esophagus and it makes it harder for you to swallow, it also, um, you get that food stuck you can start throwing up and, and whatnot it's embarrassing i've had it so many times where i've been around family friends out in at restaurants and so forth where all of a sudden i go to eat and i can't swallow and all of a sudden food gets stuck and before i know it i'm over to the er getting a scope done uh was e, edg or egd um so uh with that my uh, my doctor Talk to me about eoe and so forth so then i started getting on a ppi a proton pump inhibitor and it basically keeps the acid down um i also was on a uh uh, what is it like a flow not flow vent there was a basically an oral inhaler that i had to take as well and so what i did was by being on that ppi it keeps that acid reflux down because if you get that acid out of the stomach comes into the esophagus, it's only going to irritate that that much more and it's going to cause that. So then eventually that acid comes up into your lungs and it's going to destroy your lungs over time. So if uh, now, but EOE is not rated because it's basically an autoimmune disorder for your body. So when that comes to it, one of the things that you can do is go to your doctor or your provider, if it's the VA or an independent Medical evidence is medical evidence, but what you can do is you can actually go in there and talk to your provider and say, look, I know that you're treating me for EOE, but at the same time, you're basically trying to stop the acid to come out of my stomach and into my esophagus. So in reality, you do have GERD, you do have that acid reflux, you're being treated for that with medication that is what you need to do and then you need to get that diagnosis and say hey doc if this is what's going on then not only do I have EOE but I also have GERD can you please put that ICD code down so that one now I can go if you need to use our nexus team or something you can get that nexus statement and you can file for your GERD that that, that one is exactly how I did it with me um, it's not a lie I didn't. It is. We, I talked with my provider uh, and we talked about it. We said, yeah, exactly. You're, we're trying to keep that acid from coming up. So yes, you do have GERD. You don't have ulcers or anything in there, but you do have that acid reflux. And by being on that PPI, you're going to be on it for the rest of your life. Um, if you got those spicy foods, you're sleeping down, you get to all that acid taste or anything, you got food getting stuck. Those are things that you want to take care of because those are things that you can die from. It's going to that acid is going to come into that into your lungs eventually, and your lungs are going to fall apart. So I shouldn't say fall apart, but the, <laughs> to where the, the oxygen doesn't get into your bloodstream and so forth. So it closes those. Um, uh, Miranda's she's the medic, but <laughs> she uh, she probably knows more of the medical terms than I do. But it's one of those that you you want to you want to be careful when it comes to GERD in the long run.
1: So just, you know, to cap on Brand- what Brandon was saying, someone else said, you know, how the heck can, you know, is there a secondary to GERD? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's mental health, guys. Um, let's also say dental. You have GERD, right? Uh, it's coming back up. Is it got some teeth erosion in the back? Um, you're just gonna throw out, I'm just gonna throw out some secondaries out there. Let's say you have PTSD and you grind your teeth really bad because you're constantly stressed. That's called bruxism. Go see the doctor. The number one thing is go see the doctor, guys. You have to be yeah. seen, you have to be seen, you have to be seen. Um, and so guys, um, you know, I think that's about all the time that we have. However, we are going to go in, you know, and answer as many questions as we possibly can after this. Um, and, you know, and that way we have all your answers. And again, you know, we have all your questions and all your answers. And again, if you would like to work with me, you can email me at mboggs. That's M-B-O-G-G-S at VA Claims Insider. Or you can go directly and sign up with me at um www.ratingyoudeserve.com and that's rating is in your va rating your percentage y o u d e s e r v e.com and then i always do this on my screen on the opposite side so You're right well, is, but <laughs> yeah to get in contact um, with you
0: yep yeah, so again mine is b humphreys at va claims insider and if you want to work with me i can be a talker but i love being able to share as much information out there as possible. Um, second
1: that he loves talking. So,
0: <laughs> but I think we both uh, do. But at uh, you can sign up to work directly with me at helpvaclaims.com and I'd be happy to help you every time. This is my way of giving back. Brian Reese and his team helped me from 40 to 70. My fight's not over. Don't don't give up as well. Uh, the only way the VA wins is if you give up. So that's why we all are all here as a team, as a family, and we motivate each other for those low times, those, those denials. And we get back up there, we figure out that strategy, and eventually we're going to find a way to chip and, uh, and get through that door with the VA. We're going to get you those claims that you deserve.
1: All right, guys, thanks so much. And uh, we look forward to talking to you and getting that rating that you deserve. Okay. So email us, sign up with us, and we'll, We'll get all as many answers as we possibly can for you and get you up to that rating.
0: Take care. Stay safe.